welcome to Telling the Tale. It's the podcast where we'll go through every single Telltale video game. I'm your host, Mitchell Farley-Wolf, and I'm joined here, as per always, with co-host Dustin Cornelius Jackson. Hello. Oh, hey. <laughs> I, I what, did what not even try to What if the vibe sucked this week, asked Dustin to me right now? What? <laughs> <laughs> what if the vibe was really unpleasurable? I was trying to think of a good, funny, one of my trademark, super hilarious jokes to start the show with, and I just had nothing. Batman <laughs> is... is not here for jokes. <laughs> That's more funny than usual, because listeners, you won't know this, but we did spend just over an hour uh, in our pre-show talk just now, and Dustin came out of it with nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I got no. I, I, I don't have the humor for you all this week, I'm sorry. Yeah, and that's interesting to me because I think we came out of the game, or the game, I'll, I'll, I'll tip my, my hand a little bit. The game had a lot to think about. It was Batman the Enemy Within Episode 1, The Enigma, released August 8th, 2017, directed by Kent Moodle, designed by Michael Kirkbride, uh, Chris Hawkabout, and Rachel Newell, and written by James Windler, Ke- uh, Patrick Kevin Day, and Shannon Ingalls. So, uh, The Enigma, this is a Batman episode. We're heading into our, um, what is clearly our Joker arc, right? Right. Uh, episode two. This was a, a Riddler-focused episode. It looks like it might be the only one about the Riddler. <laughs> Probably. Um, it's. I feel like it's a little hard to continue with more Riddler after this. <laughs> Yeah, it was interesting because like it was written about the Riddler in a way that like the first episode or the first season was all about Lady Arkham. It felt like they could have continued making this the Riddler's season, um, but it was really just this one episode about the Riddler and everything else was. Um, we're gearing toward other things to focus on. Yeah, on one hand, I was thinking like, oh wow, the Riddler is a really good choice for a Telltale game. You can probably get a lot out of that. But on the other hand, I, I do kind of like how this first episode is kind of a standalone story with him. Yeah, there's there's a thing about the Joker that I think people people who make Batman media are afraid to just bite the bullet and do the Joker. Uh-huh. And I don't know why. Maybe, maybe you can help me uh, mind palace out this riddle of mine. But like, <laughs> riddle of, me this. R- riddle me this, piss man. So we've got uh, the uh, Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy, right? Right. Uh, and that was the first Batman stuff in a while that I think didn't like immediately kick off being about the Joker. Right. Um, because like the old old school, like Adam West Batman, the Joker was in that all the time. And the the Tim Burton Batman movies that started in the eighties that was in that uh, like the first one was about the Joker, uh-huh. uh huh. And then we got the Christopher Nolan Batman stuff, and he's holding back, like the the end reveal at the very end of Batman Begins, is uh, Commissioner Gordon saying, "Hey, and uh, by the way, we we found this calling card from uh, a crime scene." They're calling him uh, the Joker, and it's like a it's a Joker card, and that's the big reveal. Like, oh, and then he does his Joker movie as as like the middle of his trilogy. So like he he's afraid to jump right into it. And then uh, like uh, the Zack Snyder verse DC universe uh, starts with Superman, then introduces Batman in the second. There's no sign of the Joker anywhere, uh, and then the Joker like comes out through Suicide Squad, 
But then, so they make two Suicide Squad movies, and neither of them focus on the Joker at all. Mm-hmm. Um, like the first one, a little bit, and then the second one, not at all. Because I guess the first one like had a bunch of Joker scenes with Jared Leto, and they cut him out. And then um, the, the Robert Pattinson starring uh, Batman movie, Joker was like kind of a similar thing to. I, did you see that one? We've talked about that before on the I podcast. I did not see that one. Uh, so that one was about the Riddler. Um, that's like the main bad guy in that movie. And okay. at the end of the movie, sorry, spoiler alerts for this uh, movie. Like the uh, big secret is, or the big like end twist is the Riddler's put in Arkham Asylum, which is played much more straight than it almost ever is um, in, in this. Like it is just a hospital, but right. also a prison. And the Riddler is, is there. And, like, the the guy in the hospital room, sort of, with, with the door kind of facing him, uh, is the Joker, but they never show his face. And he's saying, like, hey, you know, you should get back at Batman. Uh, you should consider doing that. <laughs> you should maybe think about uh, getting this Batman guy. Yeah, and then, like, that's, that's how the Joker... It, they're going to make a sequel to that movie, and I assume the Joker is going to, like, come back through that. Um, so they're, they're, they're always, like propping up the joker is like maybe we'll do this and then like the second movie they'll do it uh and then like during all of that stuff there is also this joker movie the the movie the joker um right just joker the and that one doesn't have batman in it (laughs) so like there's this real hesitancy to put the batman and the joker in the same story right away and that's weird because that's clearly the story they're interested in telling. Like that's always the, uh, uh, like the end twist of like, uh oh, the Joker's gonna be in the next one. Isn't that exciting? Like, it, well, if it was the most exciting thing you could think of, why didn't you make that the movie? I, I don't, I don't understand I, the hesitancy with it. Right. I, I guess maybe they just want to build up to it. They like that. They know it'll get people excited if they see this first movie. Mm -hmm. And then we tease the Joker and then it gets everybody uh, squealing their little heads off. Um, I, I guess just because Joker's become such like he's, he's become the big villain in Batman media. Yeah. And, and he always, was but i think now at this point like he really is like he's the big guy and so i i guess people are just hesitant to just blow their wad right away yeah they're really so they're watching like, their wad do, lately let's do scarecrow first let's get scare let's get let let scarecrow stand on his own a little bit and i i guess i get that um it, it would be I, I could see some people going, well, they already did Joker. What now? Am I going to am I going to have to watch a uh, man bat movie? <laughs> yeah. Well, like in in the movie Joker, uh, Bruce Wayne is like 10 years old. Right. Um, and like the Joker just knows Thomas Wayne, uh, which is like I get it because you want to focus on this character. So if you introduce this like very centralizing character of the Batman that's kind of like um, just a magnet that your audience is going to go toward. Mm. Um, but like the Suicide Squad game that just came out, um, Joker should be in Suicide Squad. And in the game, the characters are Deadshot, Harley Quinn, King Shark, and Captain Boomerang. 
Uh, and then, like, they added Joker as some DLC, or they're going to add Joker as, like, a DLC story thing. Uh, so you I can play King as the Joker. Shark. Get Joker yeah, I, I out love of King here. Shark. Give me King Shark. <laughs> well, it, like... I think King Shark is is, uh, is cool from like a just cool kind of character perspective, and Harley mm. Quinn is like the popular draw of those four. Right. Um, but that just makes me think. Okay, what are these other two doing here? When you could have something <laughs> Captain like Boomerang, you've clearly got this character you want because he's going to be DLC early. Um, just do it. Like just just do the Joker story. Uh, and I'm not saying that. This is all to put into perspective the very specific way Telltale has hesitated on the Joker. It's not a bad way. I, I think like of all the ways um, that Batman media have clearly indicated they want to tell a Joker story and then have told a, a different story for some reason instead. Uh, <laughs> this is this is a, a way I like a lot. Um, yeah, same. Yeah. Uh, so, like, just a recap of season one, I guess, is in order, right? Okay. Um, Batman was friends with Harvey Dent the whole time. Harvey Dent was dating Selina Kyle, also known as uh, Catwoman. And Batman hits it off with Catwoman. So, like, the, that's, I, I think, the emotional crux of this uh, of that season. But mm-hmm. also, Bruce Wayne's old friend, Oswald Cobblepot, who in... This universe is like a young guy and not an old businessman. Right. Um, he's coming back and he's working for this uh, new organization called the Children of Arkham, led by Lady Arkham, who's like a Telltale exclusive character. Um, and that's um, that. That's the story. Like Lady Arkham is is the big bad of the whole thing, but in the meantime, Oswald Cobblepot and Harvey Two Face Dent become. <laughs> Uh, become like ancillary villains, but probably more of the emotional connection villains. Mm-hmm. So that has happened, and now Gotham is pretty safe, which is kind of wild because, like, I I feel like the Gotham that we left in episode five of the last season was incredibly precarious and just like teetering on the edge of chaos. Right. Yeah. And now it's fine. Yeah, it was uh, fine. They, I thought that was kind of like their twist of like, oh man, Batman's kind of keeping it together, but maybe this is a very ineffectual Batman in the Telltale universe. Yeah, they're um, just fucked. Because <laughs> everything seems pretty fucked. Um, but n- no, that I like this. I I made a note to myself here uh, while playing through the game. This second season feels m- much more like a traditional Batman story than the first season did to me um yeah i Th- i this agree this feels like batman the animated series or um like the middle of the chris nolan trilogy mm-hmm. yeah well uh, we didn't yeah. really get any characters like penguin was such a departure from the way he normally is and so here in this episode we get the riddler but he just seems like a version of the riddler which is fine you know He's i don't played think played pretty straight yeah yeah, I don't think anything in this first episode is done badly. I actually liked it a lot. But yeah, you're right. It is just kind of more traditionally Batman than the first season was, which felt very different. Yeah, I think we talked about the possibility of the Riddler showing up last season. And 
I think we both came to the conclusion that like it would be it's not the tone that they're going for. <laughs> I guess um, we were wrong. I guess I guess we were wrong. Uh, but like we, we we said something to the effect of like, well, if they introduced the character Edward Nigma as the Riddler, he would be done in a new way, kind of like Oswald is. And like the idea of telling riddles would be interpreted in a different way. The Robert Pattinson movie, uh, his Riddler is all about like, like there are riddles, but it's more of like an actual insane man's plea to have other smart people listen to him over the internet. And like he's gathering a following online. Right. Um, and it, I, I kind of like the way they do that Riddler um, actually. But it's definitely like a grim, dark Riddler. Um, it, it's a very depressing Riddler. This is he's just telling riddles in this. Uh, they they really just bite the bullet and say, yeah, you, you know, he's he's silly. <laughs> yeah, he's just a crazy. He he says these uh, riddles, and you gotta answer them, or you're not good. Yeah, and he'll make an escape room, and if you solve it, he'll let you leave. Uh, he's, <laughs> he will just let you go yeah he'll kill you if you don't but if you solve it you, you can go <laughs> yeah uh, i have it in my he's notes a cartoon uh, <laughs> yeah basically it, it is very weird with this world but on on one hand i do like what season one did doing very different takes on this world and characters but i do kind of like that now they are just going Okay, we got weird last season. That was cool. People seem to like it. Now let's just do Batman. Mm-hmm. Let's we can get silly with it if we want. And I can see how that would be a disappointment to people who really liked the first season. Um eh, I, I I don't know how I feel about it yet because I I do think the uh just how different it was in that first season is a strength of it. Just how unique a take it is. But, you know, I still like the more traditional Batman stuff. So I don't mind just Telltale going, oh, we're, well, we're just, we just want to do this now. And who yeah. knows? Maybe, maybe it's just for this first episode. Maybe it's the whole season. Um, I guess the direction they're taking uh, the Joker with John Doe is already like, oh, no, this is like at least a little different. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like John Doe, the idea of having a uh, almost side protagonist who might be an anti-hero and then choosing that as the direction for the Joker, I, I think is very unique. Yeah, that's uh, fun. I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah, uh, like we don't, we, there's a lot of like fan fiction online and fan interpretation of the Batman and Joker relationship. That is much more frenemy or sometimes even uh, sexual in nature. Uh, right. J- just a- as like, oh, they're, they're rivals, but they're they're uh, enemies to lovers or whatever. And, or, or like they, they, they actually respect each other a lot, but they are on opposite sides of an ideology, something like that. And like I, I've been fascinated with that idea, but I, I do think that like, as interesting as that idea is and as fun as it is, it, it is kind of a, a little baseless, at least baseless in, in the sense that, like, we've not actually seen that much Batman material that really does that. Um, right. Bat- the Joker is almost uniquely a pretty bad person. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> and this is this is it. Like we're we're now actually approaching. Okay, John Doe, who is the Joker, but we'll never say that because again, we're for some reason a little sketched about having a Joker story. So he's John Doe. <laughs> For now, I'm sure in episode five he'll say, "You know what? I think I'll call myself the Joker." <laughs> Just because I I like telling little jokes here and there. I uh, and that's right, Batman. It's me, the laugher, <laughs> the man who laughs, <laughs> the comedian, uh, <laughs> the stand-up comic. Uh, in the Watchmen, they have the comedian, right? Like that's I I think just supposed to be the Joker. Mm-hmm. I think it's in Watchmen. I have not in, in uh, invested that much time into Watchmen. It's one of my, um, it's on my my to do list to read the Watchmen. Yeah, I I have not uh, dipped my toe into the Watchmen pool either. So uh, I'm hoping you're right. Everyone says it's like one of the best graphic novels of all time, and I I, guess I hear them. I, I just need to. I'll I'll read it. I'm not I'm not too good for it. Yeah, I'm not too good for Watchmen. I don't think I'm too good for it, but I also feel like maybe I just won't. <laughs> There's a very real possibility I just won't ever read Watchmen. All right, uh, it could could go either way, really. Yeah, yeah. There's well, two I'll ways it, it could go. <laughs> <laughs> Any it could of go the on two. Either of them, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the the relationship between Batman and Joker is uh, John Doe is interesting and unique here. Um, there's there's a scene in the funeral home uh, where there's Lucius Fox, the the tech provider for Batman, dies in this episode, and we see we go to his funeral, and mm-hmm. John Doe uh, shows up without an invite just to talk to Bruce Wayne, because if you remember from last season, uh, Bruce met John Doe in Arkham Asylum, and they kind of worked together to. Uh, uh, cause a riot to get Bruce Wayne out of there and as a result Bruce sort of owes John Doe a favor and John Doe likes Bruce a lot like as, as a friend for some reason um, so whether Bruce Wayne likes it or not uh, he's now got this very mentally unstable potentially criminal um, best friend <laughs> who uh, will show up at only the wrong times like a f- good loved one's funeral <laughs> man i i know it's probably not gonna keep that up but i would just love if no in this universe batman and uh john doe the joker perhaps they're just <laughs> good friends i think he's, it'll he's a... keep up a little bit at least two episodes more i bet before yeah. a, a big turnaround imagine if in this world he became his robin like he's like, well, Whoa, like he's, okay. he's 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 not like literally Robin, but he's like, you're my sidekick, the Joker. Yeah, because we talked about that a little bit. How this is a uh, this is a younger Batman mm-hmm. than most other Batman, and uh, if he's to have a Robin, it hasn't happened yet. Right. And um, I I think it's interesting which which characters they decide are old school and which characters are like current gen in making a new Batman story. Uh, because like we, we talked about that movie Joker has the Joker kind of being the origin of any 
like wacky behavior going on in Gotham. Right. Uh, there was no one before him. He, and uh, ex- except for like Thomas Wayne, but Thomas Wayne wasn't doing this eccentric like character work, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, like right. the Joker is the first of them. And in this, Joker's the most recent guy. Maybe he hasn't become the Joker yet. Um, yeah, but then you have ones like the Riddler who were around back when uh, Thomas Wayne was around. Yeah, like in this, they say Riddler is the the OG, uh, the the oldest. Like Riddler views himself as what the Batman is now. Where like he in, in this universe, they say Riddler was a vigilante, but. He's not a vigilante that hates killing or uh, tries to fight for justice specifically. He was always a vigilante that just, like, killed bad guys. Right. So now he's just also a bad guy because he never really had much of a code. Maybe that's why he's just kind of a traditional Batman villain Riddler. Because he's old school? Yeah, because he's old school. Maybe Mm. it's like... Oh, these new characters kind of have different new stuff going on, but this guy is the OG. He's just kind of like your classic supervillain. Yeah, that's that's interesting because like we'll have to see how it goes going forward, but that could be the a, a way to do it. Yeah, because like if you were to map out some of these uh, like masked villains and, and how long they've been around, the Riddler must be the oldest. And then, like, Catwoman has been doing it for a little, for probably a few years before you meet her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we see Harvey Dent and the Penguin become themselves. Right. And Joker is this, like, I, I like what they're doing with Joker here, even though they are, <laughs> like we talked about, like, a little afraid to just do it. Uh, <laughs> because there's a lot of anxiety with John Doe now. Uh, yeah. He's like this shaken champagne bottle, and he's just building pressure. <laughs> you know, at any point he could be like, "I'm the Joker. I'll I'll, I'll become it. <laughs> I could Don't do push. it at any second. I could become me anytime. Yeah, Don't push maybe, me too hard. Maybe that's why they just wait to build up to him because they know it's fun that you know it's gonna happen. Yeah, like, yeah. Because this he, guy, you know what's gonna happen, but when will it happen? Yeah, so I'm, uh, by the way, I'm playing the game in Shadows again, the uh, the DLC that was added that makes it more of a noir color experience, mm-hmm. uh, where it's all black and white except for just some stuff. Are you still playing in the original color gradient? So, after we finished the first season, I said, maybe I'll do Shadows version, uh, you know, just to mix it up. I'd like to experience that too. Um, I decided not to, because I just don't okay. like how it looks as much. I like having that color. I, I like being in a world where it's like oh these are the colors of this world and i i think the shadow mode is cool but it's not my preference yeah so the thing with the shadows mode is that in that first telltale batman game it was it is a noir like it's told as a noir story um so having that noir aesthetic put onto it um I, it really accentuated it for me in a way that, like, I would totally recommend anyone that plays the first season of Telltale Batman uh, to play it with Shadows, if possible. I, nice. I, I like it. Um, with this, it doesn't feel like a noir anymore. It kind of just feels like we're picking up the story in this world and now we're in current time. So right. the color, even though, like, maybe this 
second season was built with it more in mind a little bit, I actually don't think it's as valuable here. Interesting. Um, yeah, because like the Riddler is is such a cartoony villain, and uh, the Joker is very cartoony as well. Um, e- even if the direction they're taking the Joker is very interesting and deep compared to like some Joker takes or some other Batman villain takes, mm-hmm. um, the way they're doing this John Doe character, I like quite a bit, and uh, Same. it 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 is very high octane though. It, it's it's an energetic <laughs> take, and all of that really does not marry itself as closely with the um the tone of the shadows filter as the I, first I totally season of batman that. got i'm yeah. still gonna finish it in this like i don't think it now it's more just like coin flip whether or not you like shadows more but with that first game i really liked shadows more well it's it's like i said before the first season at least to me felt uh, dry is the word i used but yeah, it, it's it's just the kind of story it is suits that sort of look better. This one feels like it's a little more broad. Yeah, well, I, I think, like, if, if you've ever watched any of those old-fashioned noir hard-boiled detective movies, that first game really felt like it had a lot of the same sorts of beats and it carried a lot of the same tropes of, right. uh, like, where it really popped out to me uh, especially were not the big moments, but the moments like Bruce Wayne is just driving in his car taking a phone call. Or mm. uh, Bruce Wayne wakes up in Catwoman's apartment and needs to like walk around and uh, <laughs> criticize her for eating cheap Chinese food. <laughs> Ew, gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like those felt really just like old-fashioned, hard-boiled movie stuff. And in that moment, I am I was really glad that I was watching In Shadows. That was when the vibe shined the most. And this episode wasn't much of that at all. Like, it was it was right. much more of like, hey, modern Batman movie. We're gonna... Um, <laughs> we're gonna solve the Riddler's puzzle box. We're gonna <laughs> uh, go fight on a boat, probably. <laughs> Yeah, you know that. <laughs> right. That that stuff. In in, in any case, um, John Doe's hair is bright green, and everything else is black and white. <laughs> um, so like, you really get the sense of like, oh, this is the Joker. <laughs> but but more than that, you get the sense of oh, this is the Joker, and um, they, his green they, hair. Yeah, they're like using bright color. Uh, they're still like picking and choosing what they want to make colored, but they they're using bright color to indicate like danger or off kilteredness. I think in the case of the Joker, having his hair be that bright like that is being done primarily to um, make it look like he's psychotic. I like I, I think the the color there speaks to his unwellness. Um, right a bit makes him the loudest person at a funeral just by looking at him without making any noise Uh, like in the funeral home it was this um like rows and rows of pews of people just listening to the pastor all of them completely grayscale and then john doe's just sitting next to you with his bright green hair 
and, <laughs> and he uh, won't shut the fuck up and he won't shut the fuck up and like the whole time i was like john i love you you're very entertaining please this is a very solemn occasion yeah like i was actually telling him you know what i i'll, I'll work with you you just gotta shush <laughs> be quiet please <laughs> it, it was it was like a you can tell that's a good moment because i in real life was starting to get a little anxious and yeah paranoid i was that, too like, look people are seeing you as my friend right now and we can do that but like you need to be quiet <laughs> you are making me look bad you're making just me picturing... the player mitchell wolf in real life seem like get get a little antsy that people are looking at me for being loud at a funeral <laughs> i'm just picturing bruce looking around with like a very nervous smile like trying to pretend like everything's fine <laughs> yeah uh yeah no poor great, guy great scene yeah totally uh, Amanda okay, Waller's yeah. in this episode. Great, they bring Amanda call Waller in. <laughs> um, yeah, I was I was thinking uh, that that Suicide Squad game just came out mm-hmm. and has been getting uh, pretty negative feedback. Um, I, I think that's just that's not much of an opinion. That's just kind of the fact of that game, right? Um, and I kind of had the thought to myself, it's it's almost a little rebellious that we're playing this other Batman universe game. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're really sticking it to him by doing well, <laughs> this podcast we've been doing. Uh, while th- this much bigger deal, like very long anticipated, but kind of unfortunately maybe a train wreck of a game just came mm-hmm. out at around the same time. Um. But then it turns out we're playing a Suicide Squad game also. Amanda Waller is in it. Um, <laughs> they've not said the phrase Suicide Squad yet. Um, but this game uh, heavily features the agency and Amanda Waller as uh, the leader of it. And uh, like, like the, whole, the whole course of this episode has been the agency tracking down the Riddler. Yeah. And uh, they're kind of working... A little bit alongside, but a little bit against uh, Gordon's crew at the police department. They got a rivalry. Get... Yeah, they've got a rivalry. There's like a power struggle uh, to see who can get the Riddler first. And also Batman's like trying to work for both at the same time in order not to uh, cause too many waves. And at the end of this episode, the Riddler um, is assassinated by a lone sniper from far away. You don't see who it was. But before he dies, he says something like, I thought my friends, like this friend group that keeps being brought up throughout the episode, I thought my friends would help me if I had this fight against you here on the boat, but I guess they betrayed me. Hmm. Um, And then earlier at the funeral, John Doe's saying, hey, I really want you to meet these friends of mine. (laughs) I got these friends. Yeah, they they keep talking about a friend group. uh, And... Uh, like the Riddler specifically says it maybe it was that white-faced guy referencing yeah. John Doe. Um, so maybe John Doe is more involved in the criminal underworld like already than he seems and he's not just some like weird um, weird guy right weird crazy stepping guy. into the role. Yeah, yeah. And um, Amanda Waller's group uh, seems to be focused not actually on the Riddler because she's not happy when the Riddler is dead, uh, but and, and she does not mention this before this point. But like, she's actually more interested in this group that she could she thought she could find through the Riddler. Right. She wanted the Riddler alive. 
Yeah, so I, I guess the the question we are meant to be asking ourselves right now, Dustin, is do we think the Joker is the head of this group that Amanda Waller is trying to take down? Um, I mean, that's what it's seeming to point to, but you never know if it's like trying to throw you on that trail to throw a curveball later. Well, he's and clearly think, involved, but yeah. like, is he is he in charge? Is I guess the the what we're supposed to be thinking about? Yeah, and I I don't. You're right. It 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 could just be us being led in that direction. But I I want to be friends with him right now. He's fun. That he's a fun I know guy. that's that's where I'm at too. That's what I was saying. I would love if he was just part of like your team. Like if he was. This guy sucks. He's very annoying and is going to get you in trouble, but he's giving you good information. He's, like, helping you out. I love that little scene where he's texting him. Yeah, <laughs> they're text buddies. <laughs> yeah, and John Doe's just like, okay, gotta go. See ya. Oh, by the way, uh, you have the option to put a tracker on John Doe or not. Mm-hmm. Did um, you? I did. I did not. Okay, we'll, we'll see what that does. Uh, yeah, like, my, my thoughts with John Doe are, like, um, I, I like you enough, but, you know, we're playing with some pretty big toys right now. Let's, we're, we're, we're going to take some security when needed. Right, that um, makes sense. I didn't want to piss him off. I figured, like, if I put this on him, there's a real possibility he'll see it. Like, he'll find it and then say, Bruce, I thought you trusted me. I guess we're not friends. Yeah, that is kind of a telltale thing. That's one of those things where, like, the in another instance of the telltale choice format maybe breaking down a little bit because what i would say in that situation is yeah jonto i like you so i wanted to know where you are <laughs> and, yeah and, and uh <laughs> i don't think telltale's gonna let me say it like that <laughs> if i wanted to go get ice cream i needed to know where to find you <laughs> yeah or if you were already getting ice cream i was gonna show up like a surprise and we could eat the ice cream there together <laughs> I would be like, whoa, funny running into you here, John, my friend. Uh, You're so, bad at funerals. <laughs> okay, so so let's, uh, let, let's address sort of the Batman universe, will they or won't they, right here. Uh, okay. Will we see the Suicide Squad? Um, well, we know we're going to see Harley. Right, Harley they, and they tease Harley Quinn. Uh, yeah, and so yeah. I... I think, I mean, it's totally possible we'll just see her, like, she's not tied, she's she's not, like, latched onto the Suicide Squad and everything. No, so in fact, I don't think she really was that much until that first movie. Yeah. So it's possible we just get her and don't get anyone else, and I think right now that's kind of where I'm leaning towards. I think that Amanda Waller as a character without the Suicide Squad doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But well, it could wasn't be. Wasn't she in the Batman cartoons? I don't think the Suicide Squad was in like the Batman cartoon series. And I think Amanda Waller was... Er, so she was in Justice League, I think. I never saw that much of it, but I know she was like... The show Justice League? The, the cartoon? Yeah, the cartoon. Uh, yeah, I think I think so. Uh, always as the head of this agency, but like the, recently, especially just from a game that came out in 2017, uh, I think that the character Amanda Waller has a lot of baggage with Suicide Squad. Um, Does she? When did the first Suicide Squad movie come out? 
I want to say 2014 maybe. Um, let me let me look it up. Film series who is that? Who do there was the <laughs> that was that was like a little detective dog sniffing around for clues. <laughs> it was uh, it was a 2016 movie. Uh, the first okay. one was a 2016 movie, um, but like the groundwork was laid for it in Batman versus Superman, uh, which was 2014. Okay. Yeah, and also it, it also here's another example. It had that movie Birds of Prey, which was like that uh Harley Quinn oh, yeah. led movie. Uh Jared Leto's Joker was in that as kind of like set dressing for Harley Quinn to have a breakout. So like he was barely in that either. Yeah. Um Yeah, they just don't want to have the Joker. I I guess maybe it's yeah, like Joker's like if you're gonna do Joker, it has to be like really big. If you're gonna have Joker, it's just gonna take attention away from like anything else you want to do. So, may- maybe that's why they're just like, we'll get to Joker, but right now we want to do this. Yeah, I I guess that's true. But like, the, so the Snyderverse had a Joker. It was Jared Leto, but right. I think the Joker's greatest assets are his relationships with both Batman, which they have one scene together with batman and the joker and it's in the the uh like Zack snyder's version of the justice league cut that came out way after the fact and it's only Mm. in like a secret end credit scene Mm. um and that's the only time batman interacts with the joker and uh joker's relationship with harley quinn which again is so minimal and just happens for like a little bit in the first suicide squad movie and a little bit in birds of prey and that's it um man i i'm kind of wondering like what if they did like a whole movie version of the mad love story that really goes into joker and harley's relationship uh, well i think that's what joker 2 is gonna be with uh lady gaga's playing harley quinn in that and uh opposite joaquin phoenix's joker that could be and that movie's gonna be a a musical by the way which if you've seen (laughs) the movie joker is insane that the sequel to that is going to be a musical. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> I'm yeah, I am too. <laughs> that that <laughs> that's maybe the only one of these I'm excited for actually. <laughs> yeah, get all this other Batman shit out of here. <laughs> um, what were we talking about? Sorry. Suicide Squad in this game. Oh, or do we expect yeah. to see it? Well, my first instinct was like, oh, is that the group? It's like, is that the friend group? Are uh, Harley and Joker in a Suicide Squad? Um, but no, I don't think they would be because Amanda Waller is like, it would be her group. And she's... Yeah, she puts the Suicide Squad together. Yeah, and right now she's against them. So maybe maybe it'll be this game's um, like end credit scene of Amanda Waller's putting together a team and Harley... I'm putting together a, some sort of Suicide Squad. That's a good joke. Uh, man, Will Smith <laughs> has carried the brunt of a lot of those jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then and then he carried some more brunt of his own. He's been brunting Ooh. lately. A lot of brunts going around. Yeah. Do you think Will Smith can redeem himself? Um. Do you think America can pay for what we've done? <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Um, um, maybe, 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's not my business. Yeah, I don't know how Chris Rock feels about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, there's just a lot to this episode. Um, I don't know if I, like, get what they're doing with the tone yet. Like, in that first season, uh, it was just a really interesting take on the character Batman. Not so different from what we've seen before, but uh, really drilling down on, like, the responsibility of growing up with privilege. Right. And um, coming to terms with the fact that Bruce Wayne's father was actually a criminal. And coming to terms with the fact that um, even though you've not done anything, by absorbing the benefits of this crime, boss, you are somewhat responsible for what's happened. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought all that stuff was really interesting. I'm not getting much from this. This, like, the whole episode was just kind of about the about the case, you know? Like, it was just... Right. A, we were all about the Riddler, and now the Riddler is dead. So now I don't know... <laughs> uh, like Where do what, we go from here? Yeah, I, I would... Other than liking um, the John Doe stuff, I, I'm not nearly as in love with this as I was with last season, I guess, is my takeaway. Even though I, I do like the, 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 the fact that they can introduce the character of Riddler, have a whole arc with him in Batman, and then kill the Riddler... And, like, that is an, a, a whole story arc for that one character in one episode. That's mm-hmm. pretty rare. We don't get that with very many characters in single episodes. Um, yeah. So I like that. Like the John Doe stuff. Not really sinking my teeth so far into the rest of this season yet. It's is, funny. As, as you were talking about that, what came to mind for me is uh, the Incredibles movies. How. All right. How the first movie has, like... So, the main character, Mr. Incredible, uh, he has an arc that he goes through in this movie. Incredibles 2 comes along. They put uh, his wife, Helen, in the driver's seat. That's a cool idea, but there's no story with her. She doesn't have, like, an arc. So, it, it just makes it feel like... This doesn't feel like a story. It just feels like things happening in this world which is fine because i like these characters in, in this world but yeah there's not a whole lot to think about in terms of like what's the theme of this movie what's this character going through yeah i i think that's another reason that the shadows version works with the first season so well is because um if you're like a noir thing you need to be moody for a reason, right? right. And like you with have that first a tone season, going for. it was you're moody because you're an introspective guy as Bruce yeah. Wayne. You're you're uh, trying to figure out like who you are and what you're all about, what the Batman should be, what the Bruce Wayne of Gotham should be. And um, in this, like I'm, I've given no time to stop for introspection. Like at the end of the episode, they give you some choices or or not choices. They they tell you what you've done for some choices and. They say, like, what your relationship with various characters have become. Mm-hmm. Um, and with all of them, it's it's all about, like, how other people are feeling. And I think that's an interesting divergence because in that first season, it's all about how Bruce is feeling. Uh, yeah. And, like, you're walking through Bruce's life and, like, really making these choices make sense, which I, I think was, like, a, a strong use of the Walking Dead choice style. 
Um, and with this, I'm like not really feeling that anymore. Because I, I guess they're coming at it from the perspective of, yeah, Bruce did have some demons he had to take care of. But now he's good. <laughs> yeah, so, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, he took care of him. He had to take care of him. And in the first season, he took care of him. So now only other people have issues. He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> don't even worry about it. I, I do like what you get at the end, though, with uh, you're juggling all these different relationships with all these people. Yeah. And how do they all see Bruce? Uh, which I guess is, I don't want to say it's like surface level for a Telltale game. Like uh, you're always going to get like the other characters feeling certain ways about your character. But I kind of like that it's brought to the forefront. Like you, you have Amanda Waller, you have Commissioner Gordon, you have John Doe, you have uh, Tiffany. Mm-hmm. You've got Iman, um, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you yeah. want to compare what we have here? Okay. Uh, do you have your your results? I I didn't write down percentages, but I did write down how each. Okay. Uh, Good. Yeah. I mean, that's the interesting thing. Yeah. Uh, I left Iman feeling guilt ridden. So, I'm guessing that means you let her uh, coworkers die. Just one. Just one, it <laughs> but was it was enough. <laughs> I didn't uh, know this person. Yeah, so Agent Blake, her uh, her partner, did get like pretty decapitated. <laughs> uh, I'm, they, they so I'm assuming from from your judgmental tone that you did not let this happen. <laughs> <laughs> I lo- that's my favorite thing about you, Mitchell. You know just what to say to turn it around and make <laughs> me the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get anyone killed, but I'm the asshole. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so how how did you leave uh, Iman feeling then, if not guilt-ridden? Uh, traumatized. Th- that doesn't seem better. No, not really. <laughs> uh, so everyone's alive, but she is now deaf because of those okay. uh, sound pulses he was doing. Because Batman's cowl... He his ears are protected. He he's like, oh yeah, I can hear just fine. I could like listen to songs and stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. But but Avesta can't listen to any songs anymore or much of anything. Her name is Iman Avesta, by the way. She's an agent yeah. with the agency under um, under Amanda Waller. Yeah, uh, we we didn't introduce her before. She's kind yeah, of sorry. the damsel in distress near the end of this episode. She's gonna be killed by the Riddler, but you can save her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saved her. Which is funny because it all signs kind of pointed to if these guys don't die, she will. The Riddler was like, ah, her insides are going to pop like a big balloon. Uh, But no, she's just uh, deafened. Yeah, she's actually the only one here that is definitely alive at the end of it. Although she can have a lasting impact like you with uh, having deafened her. So, I mean, you can feel good (laughs) about having saved Blake, but I saved her sense Mm -hmm. of hearing. (laughs) <laughs> that's true she can listen to all the lady gaga she wants yeah uh or like this gentleman's version of lady gaga gentleman goo goo oh i like that that's getting creative yeah that's my porn name gentleman goo goo um <laughs> so okay so next is gordon um i left gordon feeling steadfast loyalty with me i got that as well cool I was Team Gordon all the way. Yeah, this episode episode really made me like Gordon. I was like, "You and me to the end, bro." Yeah, I was already pretty Team Gordon with that first season. I I think like 
one constant across all Batman media is Gordon is absolutely a trustworthy homie. Uh, yeah. Like, the, they'll make any Batman person, like, uh, a, a betrayal if they want to in any Batman movie or show. Uh, except Gordon, he's always the homie. He's always great. Uh, yeah, even so. in uh, the Harley Quinn show, which is uh, it's, it's a very different take on Gordon. He's kind of uh, deadbeat. He's really pathetic. But he's still, like, always on Team Batman. I think of that Harley sh- uh Harley shit. I think of that Harley <laughs> that shit. That fucking Harley shit. Well, that's actually the, the, the opposite in impression I wanted to give just now. I think of that show as, like, a really good version of the same ish kind of take they wanted to do with velma um yeah but totally um, but good but but great yeah yeah Um, velma blows so bad but harley quinn's great i love that show yeah okay so next is john doe i left john doe feeling ecstatic (laughs) i love that i did not get ecstatic but so you just went along with like everything I told him to shut up at the funeral a few times, but I also said, yeah, I know we're friends. We'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> I'd love to meet your friends. I said I would to love him, nothing more. I would love to meet your friends. <laughs> I would love to meet your friends. Just please shut up. This is a funeral. Yeah. It, I, You're so man, bad at this. <laughs> I got a little frustrated with Bruce Wayne when talking to John Doe. I, I wrote here in the notes, like, there's at least twice where there is really no middle ground for where to take this conversation. Because... John Doe says, look, I want you to meet my friends. This is me calling in that favor. I just want you to meet them. And I want to be like, well, I guess I can, but we need to be careful about this. And there's no option for that. You either say, I'll never meet them, or (laughs) uh, I would love nothing more than to meet your friends. (laughs) You You can't just, like, calm him down and take him a little bit more cautiously. That's not an option here. That's not the way things work here. Not the way things were. So uh, he didn't feel ecstatic to you? No, I. but I left him hopeful. Ooh, okay. So, so I did not say I would meet his friends. Uh, and he was disappointed in that. But I told him I liked his card. And <laughs> so we we are still, like, on good terms. But I told him it's... I, I didn't even say I wouldn't meet his friends. I said, uh, you know, I, I'm just, I'm so busy. I'm so I busy. I, <laughs> I got, I got like stuff going on. Uh, and so I didn't say yes, but he's hopeful that I will. Um, and we are on good terms, which I like. Yeah, I'm actually pretty anxious about him feeling ecstatic because that means there's a long way to drop. <laughs> uh, like yeah. if I do any one thing that like he doesn't like, suddenly it's going to feel like a betrayal. Uh, exactly. So maybe that's, you took that's the why I approach. did not. That's exactly why I didn't say yes because I already kind of felt that way because I promised him I would do him a favor. I didn't. You do that too last season where it's like uh, I think if, I promised him that. I I don't remember. Yeah. I know you have the option to not, but I did, and even just here, I'm like I probably shouldn't have made that promise. Yeah. <laughs> so so John Doe does tell me in the funeral home like. Hey, you made you uh, promised me a favor, and I have the option to say back to him, which I took. Hey, I pr- didn't promise anything. I don't know if I lied about that, <laughs> but it, the c- conversation kind of just kept going as if that was true. So maybe I didn't <laughs> promise him, but I might John have Doe's made like, it seem likely. 
John Doe's like, uh, actually, I have a photographic memory, and I can tell you exactly what you said. You said, yes, I promise. So Tiffany Fox, Lucius Fox's daughter who started working at Wayne Enterprises. Lucas, Lucius was, uh, um, he was trying to decode this puzzle box that the, Litter, uh, the Riddler left with uh, Batman. Right. And the thing the puzzle box does is if you solve it, it starts broadcasting a signal which triggers, uh, triggers an actual missile to come and hit you. Uh, and we so don't want that. You don't want that. Lucius did die from an explosion from like a missile straight to the face. Right. We hated that. So Lu- Lucius it died. That's, that's the funeral you go to. Uh, so his daughter, Tiffany, uh, I left her furious. <laughs> Same. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I feel like the, it was just down to one choice, choice right? Because yeah. everything else, I feel like she was really on the level with. And I was about to tell her like, Hey, I can tell you um, what your dad was up to. I decided in that moment, like, I'm going to let her in. I'm going to let her into the Batman Yeah, but it's like, I can tell you, but not here. And then she gets very furious, for lack of a better word. Well, she. I I don't think it's from that one. It's from the next one where she asks you, look, tell me straight. That puzzle box that Lucius was working with, did you give it to him? And you can either lie and say, no, I don't know where it came from. Or someone else. Uh, yeah, but I thought it, I thought it was safe. Yeah, I thought <laughs> it Lucius was like thought fine. it was safe. We both thought it was safe. Um, yeah, I think that's what I wanted to tell her. I wanted to be like, look, he did it. He made the choice to do it. I never like. I think there's some responsibility in like sharing that with Lucius that I should not have done. Uh, I, but, right. But also, I really wanted to say like, oh, I am Batman. <laughs> And uh, your father has long ago accepted that this would be a dangerous job. And this is like the first time it's ever been bad. So really, it's a pretty good track record. (laughs) Yeah, like 99% of the time, it's been fine. Yeah, Lucius has not even been in crosshairs until today. And now he's barely a body. I get that. And that's upsetting. But (laughs) (laughs) I get where you're coming from. I see you. Uh, yeah, but you no, know, like I, I told her the truth. She's furious. Um, yeah, she she same. has. I man, I'm so disappointed because like I thought there was a a way. Like, am I gonna invite this new person into the like the circle of trust? That's kind of a fun direction. I and, could see uh, it coming it up in the future, though. I really hope I could see there's it... a way to make her less furious. Yeah. Yeah, I could see it. Like she's furious now, but like later on, she will be let in on this and will. And, and then there she will be on your good side because you told her that then. But if you lied to her then, maybe she finds out later and then she's mad at you. So my relationship with Amanda Waller is strained. <laughs> same. Yeah. Um, we're mainly on the same page. Yeah, we're, we're working together, Amanda Waller and I. But, like, I'm defending Gordon and going with Gordon when possible because, like... Uh, yeah. I, I think she should understand, and maybe she just is a little too proud for this, but like, hey, I have a established trust with Gordon, and you yeah, and I don't pals. yet. We can get there, but like, we don't yet, so chill. Exactly, uh, yeah. Yeah, and also, we should mention at the very end of this episode, Amanda Waller takes you aside and says like, hey, I'm taking control of the Gotham Police Department. It's all under me now, and by the way, 
Batman, uh, I think we're going to be working together for a long time, Bruce Wayne. And she like, <laughs> power drops that she knows you're Bruce Wayne, uh, which is the first time in this whole um, first time in this whole franchise anyone has figured out that you're Bruce Wayne, except for uh, Catwoman did it. Catwoman's the right. only other one. Yeah, you'd think more people would guess. They would say, "I've seen that job before." Yeah, you know what? Uh, there, there was a there was a choice in the middle of this episode of like which resource you want to go to. You want to go to uh, like a arms dealer named Rumi Mori, uh, mm-hmm. who Amanda Waller's been monitoring, um, but like is clearly targeted by the Riddler. So we might get a, a little bit more information from him about the Riddler or Riddler's second in command. And I yeah. went to Rumi Mori. I did as well. I just felt like he was a better choice to get info from. Like, how do we know the second in command's even going to talk? Yeah, well, I, I guess we don't. But, like, the, the trick was that that witness was one that Amanda Waller was uh, with. And, like, by the end of that conversation, we kind of need to uh, um, provide a means for him to get out of the country. Right. Um, so, like, Waller's pretty pissed about that for good reason. Um, and, and also the fact that, like, we did that as Bruce Wayne... I think that's the reason she found out that Bruce Wayne is Batman, because, like, why would Bruce Wayne be interested in this? Um, And and also the information Bruce Wayne got, Batman just used to find the Riddler on the boat. So why... Maybe not the best plan of Bruce's (laughs) uh, to maintain secrecy. Hey, nobody's perfect. Yeah, it makes me wonder if you pick the other one. She she must still say that you're Bruce Wayne, so she'll she must figure out <laughs> via a different way. Yeah, it turns out she just guessed. <laughs> she was just reading the the phone book, and she is like going to do one name at a time until you raise an eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> that's so. That's such a funny idea. She keeps him there for like. For like two hours until she gets to Bruce Wayne in the phone book. And he's just like, uh, no. (laughs) That no is much more pronounced than the previous two hours of no's. Hmm. Hmm. There might be something to this. Uh, I left Alfred feeling vengeful. Alfred uh, watched the footage of Lucius getting um, absolutely rocked by a missile. Um (laughs) So now he's he's feeling like he wants some revenge for his friend Lucius. Did you get Alfred as vengeful? I got that too. I also got vengeful. I wish we were a little different, but I guess we had some that were different. But yeah. Um, yeah, Iman and John Doe are the two of ours that feel most different. And I, I think John Doe feeling different is going to get... We're going to get some mileage out of that. That's the... Yeah, totally. I think premier character here that we're following. Yeah, I left him wanting more. Wait, what? Because he's hopeful. Oh, okay. I, I thought that was the, the, the name that you, you got. But... Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, <laughs> John Doe once more. Um, <laughs> Left him on a little bit more Brucey. Yeah, I, uh, I, I really want to meet John Doe's friends. That'll happen <laughs> next episode. I want to meet his friends. I don't like really want to meet his friends, relationship. but I guess I will. It's one of those things where it's like, I don't think we're going to get along or have much in common. Do you want to hang on to our segments? Hang on to them? 
No, I want to get them out there. Oh, good call. I Let's do throw, that instead. I want to throw these segments to the wind. My golden moment is the funeral discussion with John Doe. <laughs> I mean, that's such a good scene. Yeah. It feels so uncomfortable. You, you just want him to shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, yeah, John, I, I like you. I like this whole like energy you got going on, but this is like the worst time. And I, I really like that one guy is like, hey, shush, we're doing a funeral here. And then he yeah. flips out. He says, I'm going to remove all of your teeth from your head with my hand. I did not get that. Oh, really? No, that's crazy. <laughs> well, no, he didn't say it like that. It my was John Doe like, was very polite, actually. Oh, yeah, mine was not. He said, if you shush me again, you're going to be having a funeral for your teeth. Yeah, no. Your teeth will be dearly <laughs> departed. <laughs> that's not what I got at all. But I, I, I made him like, feel hey. awkward, I think, about like, hey, dude, this is a funeral. And he's like, oh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> sorry i guess you don't do get well cards at these i of course gee geez it's stupid yeah i mean at the end my john doe was also kind of like that but he, i think it's because he had that outburst uh then at the end he was like sorry oh darn fun fact about john doe his third button from the top on his like vest thing mm-hmm. purple purple the rest of his buttons and vest not colored what's gonna be the significance of the third button down it's just a little bit like it's just a flash of green and purple like the hair is green the and his eyes are green and they want to give him some purple but it's just, just, just one button dash. though and it's like in the the center of his stomach <laughs> it uh, is a weird choice yes, it is it's a strange one i have a feeling that when if he does put the lipstick on you'll get that too if he puts the lipstick on, sure. Yeah, I bet I'll get that. Um, w- was that your golden moment as well? No. Okay. Even though it is a very good one. I really liked the Batman and Gordon working together to do a saw. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the the escape room. Yeah, that's yeah. that was fun. Yeah, and I, I messaged you while I was playing it just saying, this music is really good. And I feel like that's what really made it. Because... Like, yeah. the rest of the music in this, in Batman, just as a whole, has been, like, good. You know, Jared Emerson Johnson always does a great job. But it just kind of, like, good in the sense that this is music that would play during Batman and just kind of, it does kind of fall into the background a bit. But here, I was really noticing this. I was like, oh, this has, like, a good beat. There's, like, enough there to make it feel like a tense situation. You know, Jared Emerson Johnson is one of the best in the game. And, um... As we've gotten further into Telltale's history and as we've gone into these, like, more license-heavy games, because mm-hmm. they, they've always been licensed games, but um, I, I feel like games like Sam and Max and um, uh, The Walking Dead and Wolf Among Us, those are very Telltale-directed worlds. Yeah. Uh, and in those, I think Jared Emerson Johnson's music comes out the most. Um, Agreed. But in, in this one... I I turned on Batman the Enemy Within and was struck by like, oh, I remember this main like telltale Batman theme. I remember this theme uh, just like from the menu um, mm-hmm. in, in a way that I, I guess I remembered some of the Minecraft story mode themes as well. But they when I heard them again, I was just like, oh, yeah, it's Minecraft again with this one. I was like, oh, yeah, this 
I I I quite like the the um the jazz approach here. This is because Jared Emerson Johnson has always been jazz, but it's been much more. Uh, he he's been a much more like high octane, high energy jazz. Uh, right. The Batman jazz stuff. It, it it's it's only jazz a little bit. It's mostly like sort of classical orchestral, um, in in a way to like highlight the the DC America uh, like Americana of Batman a little bit. But it's right. it's just infused with a little bit of that smoky room jazz um uh, of detective works, of detective movies and stuff in, in this uh in this game. And it's more memorable than I thought it would be. Coming back All to right. the second season of it. I think it's good, but I don't know if I'm quite there yet. I didn't really it, it didn't struck me as like, oh, I remember this, but I'm I'm glad it does for you, Mitchell. Yeah, I mean, I, I still think it, compared to Wolf Among Us or Sam and Max, um, like, that's that's the real, you know? Yeah. Like, <clears throat> I'm chewing it up. I love it. <laughs> um, there's been new, there's been, like, a small handful of new tracks whenever Skunk Ape puts out one of the remasters, so I'm ex- really excited for Devil's Playhouse to get remastered and get new Jared Emerson Johnson tracks. Oh, uh, totally. That'll be awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the beginning of every single one of this podcast's episodes, you might have heard uh, one such track that he made new for the remaster of uh, season one. Uh, that's where we get our theme song, except we don't tell anyone that. <laughs> yeah, don't tell. It'll just be our little secret. We're, we're so close to the end, guys. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> We've been using it the whole time. <laughs> They're gonna get. They're gonna hold it against us. They're gonna be like, mm, "I could keep this information private." But Guys, what will just you do for me. Just wait twelve weeks, right? And then you can tell them. We're <laughs> tell so close. Tell everyone you want. Um, yeah. Okay. So the uh, the choice cut this episode. Uh, I'm gonna choose which resource to interrogate because uh, you had to choose which person had better information and also, uh, like which means what was going to be best because like you were going to go to one of them is bruce wayne and one of them is batman uh right that that was an interesting choice yeah they just let you know straight up uh look there's going to be pros and cons to each of these so you just kind of got to weigh yeah which one you can live with more yeah which uh what is your choice cut so it's funny my choice cut this week is actually your golden moment uh mine was just whether or not to appeal to john doe because for the exact reason you brought up how if you say like one wrong thing to this guy who this powder keg could go off and so i i was kind of walking on eggshells the whole time talking to him yeah he does have powder yeah that's how he keeps his face so pale i do have an uncle (laughs) come in Dustin, that was that was so good. That that was such a good little micro impression, of, <laughs> like the the smallest possible uh, impression of Peter Griffin hesitantly welcoming someone into his home. Not not even just like regular Peter Griffin energy. Just holy crap! It's just this little coming hmm, coming. Hmm. <laughs> I remember it so clearly. The whole energy is there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, sorry, I forgot what you just... Oh, the the Joker stuff, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, just yeah. just whether or not you want to appeal to his good side. And I, I was playing it like as safe as I could where it's like I don't want to upset this guy, but I also feel like if I commit to something, it could really bite me in the ass down the line. Uh, so you could really feel like it, it wasn't like the big choices in the episode, but it felt like every single thing I said to him was at least a little important. Yeah. Yeah, so that was cool. Uh, is your Alfred one-eyed? No. Mine isn't either, but I was looking up some... Uh... <laughs> Good. Good to know. <laughs> I was looking up some, some screenshots, and there, I, I forgot that you can end the last season with Alfred only having one eye, uh, and he oh wears like an goodness. eye patch. Yeah, I forgot. I didn't remember that at all. Yeah, but you don't have to do that. Yeah, ours has both eyes. Both of ours have both eyes. I'm glad you had more to go with that, because if it was just, does your Alfred only have one eye? And I say no, and you you say, uh, mine doesn't either. Okay, next segment. <laughs> now, does your Bruce Wayne have a chip in his ear? <laughs> yes. Yes, okay, I do have that too. Cool, I'm glad. I'm glad we're on the same page. I don't remember how he got it. Uh, did he get, like, shot in the ear I mean, It looks like he got shot in the ear, but I don't remember it happening. Yeah, it's been a while. I don't remember. Hmm. Yeah, it might have been like that um, where Oswald takes over the TV station. Um, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, a lot of things happen in that moment. I, I, feel, I feel so bad when I don't remember something <laughs> with this show. Well, Batman wasn't even that long ago, but we've just played so many. There's no way I was going to retain everything. Yeah, I, I do remember that Batman is the first thing that we're coming back to a second season of that for the last season I played in this apartment I've moved into. Because um, I, I think the uh, like Minecraft season one was the last thing I played at the old house I was in before I moved into this apartment back in May of last year. Um, so, gotcha. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I don't know what that means. It might mean it's nothing. A sign. It's a sign. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna become the Batman. Uh, my weekly guy. I wrote Alfred. Okay. Um, I I thought that like something we didn't talk about was Alfred is showing signs of um, both just having some real PTSD from last season, but also some uh, just signs of age, where right. uh, he he's shaking quite a bit more, like in his hands. Uh, and, and he he's like informing you like well you know I am I am a lot older than I used to be and uh, this isn't that bad I, I had a I had it worse coming back from my first tour of service which did not make me feel better. <laughs> it's like oh well, great you're, Alfred you're a veteran who has PTSD from other stuff too like that doesn't and now I'm piling on on top of that cool <laughs> yeah oops well okay sorry <laughs> we'll get you ice cream I guess yeah I'll get you retired. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably better stop working for me this is crazy <laughs> leave um yeah but uh just like his reaction to seeing the uh the lucius fox video of his last few moments of life was was kind of impactful to me i right. i do I, I man maybe i should change my mind because like i want to say john doe John Doe is very good. He just had one scene in this episode in the funeral, um, and it was it took over the whole episode of like 
my memory of the episode. It's very good. Well, there's also that scene where you text with him that's great as well. Yeah, he does do like a winky face. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. In the text. Uh, I like that. (laughs) Yeah, you only do that for your friends. Uh, Is your weekly guy John Doe? No, actually. Ooh. But I was thinking about it. Uh, I really liked Commissioner Gordon in this episode. Okay. I like that. I like that a lot. it, It really did cement. Like, I'm with you. Last season, I was Team Gordon. I liked him. But here was, I, I was like, we just did a saw together. Yeah. We're in this. And and he, I, I like that he's on good terms with Batman, but he's, he, he's a little apprehensive because you didn't, uh, what was it you weren't, didn't tell him? So um, the Riddler tells Gordon that the reason Fox died is oh, because right. Batman gave him his puzzle box. And right. And that does make him a little uh hesitant. But Yeah. At the end of it he was he seemed pretty still on my side. Yeah, well you have uh, the option to like either obfuscate the truth or tell him the whole truth or lie about why Lucius had the puzzle box and whether or not the Riddler was telling the truth. Uh and I just yeah, told him I the full never, truth of like, hey, yeah, yeah he, we were working to together. Gordon. We were we were associates. He was secretly like on Team Batman. Yeah. I, w- I would never lie to my man Gordon. Yeah. But and then I, Gordon I like asked, like, well, how should I feel about this? And I was like, I don't know. How do you want to feel about it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's up to you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I think I said that. I said, it, it. that is literally your thing. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I like this Gordon. I like that he's competent, but... Uh, he he's never like i don't want to say he's never in a good mood but you can tell like this job has taken a toll on him he's very like all right well we're finding him in really bad times right because like yeah the 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 setting for this episode is gotham has been pretty safe for like maybe a year or since the last season something like that they said it they said it's been a year yeah and gordon's very proud of his lower crime rating um but like, no, that didn't. It didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then he we're, has we're Amanda Waller coming in. Just now, catching over. up with him during a, an exception to that lower crime rate. So, right. Yeah. But most of the time, it's been fine. Yeah, most of the time, it's been been uh, good. I guess we're just not gonna play that time. Yeah. <laughs> Ima- it might be m- more boring if- for Telltale. Yeah, imagine if Telltale Batman Season 2 was in the middle of that where crime's low and just every episode is you're just kind of like hanging out with Gordon. Every once in a while there will be like a bank robber. I have not seen the show Gotham, but it does seem like that's what the show Gotham is about a little bit Um, (laughs) because Batman is not in it and it's like Gordon is the main character of that show in a pre-Batman like that's another one that kind of plays with the timeline of when each character was when, like active. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, th- that's my impression without having seen the show Gotham of what Gotham <laughs> is about. Yeah, I didn't even know that much. So Gordon's just chilling, <laughs> just hanging out, watching TV a little bit. Uh, in- another fun fact about Gotham is that the character Joker is um well a 
he's given other names. It's like Jeremiah and something else. Uh, because B, he's twins. Twins? Wow. Yeah. And like one of the twins, they're both played by Cameron Monaghan, which people might recognize as the actor who plays Cal Kestis in uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and Star Wars Jedi Survivor, the video games that uh, I, well, one of which I, I might have worked on a little bit. Uh, okay. But, but also, um, the, yeah, like one of the Joker twins plays it like Heath Ledger and the other plays it like Jack Nicholson's Joker. <laughs> That's fun. That's yeah, a right. Fun like, idea. They, like they each have their own sort of like era of Joker they they play, but it's like the same actor playing both of them. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And he does. I, it, I assume is, he does a good job as both. Well, again, this is a show I haven't seen, but just know things <laughs> about. <laughs> okay, I'll assume he does a good job. Yeah, I, I think he probably does. Yeah. He's a great actor. Uh, <laughs> that's been the show. Uh, yeah, join us next week when we talk about Batman The Enemy Within, Episode 2. Uh, you may subscribe to us. I give you permission to subscribe <laughs> to us on any podcatcher which carries our show, which should be just about all of them, so you can be notified when we actually release that episode. Uh, Dustin, you want to leave the audience with something this week? Just want to leave them with any thoughts? Um. Hey, how, wah, 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 wah. Have a great summer.